Hey, my name's Adam, and I am the West Shore Campus Pastor here at Coastline Church on beautiful Vancouver Island. Welcome to our podcast. All the content that you will find here is meant to point you to Jesus and encourage you in your journey wherever it is that you find yourself. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. Thank you for the technical. Well, it's waiting for the pastor, the, the man of authority. Well, that's what we usually yeah. do in India, yeah. So I'm so happy to be with you guys. It's been about three and a half years since we were at this campus. Uh, and I have to tell you a fun fact. Uh, I've been in India for about 17 years now. And one of the big advantages is that we call everyone brother and sister. Mm. So it's like, good morning, brother. Praise the Lord, sister. So you actually don't have to remember names. So when, when I got back here, I'm like, I'm struggling. Like, why can't I remember names? Like, I just met them five minutes ago and the name is already gone. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, okay. So I've had it easy for the past 17 years just saying brother and sister. So if I have not remembered your name, I have remembered your face, and I'm so overjoyed to be with family this morning. So we just want to give you a big welcome from our family, myself, Sarah, Christo. We got three wonderful daughters, Rayma, Simona, and Eva. Yeah, they're all there, and they're all in the front here today. And Evangeline is turning 16 tomorrow. Yeah, it's Eva's birthday tomorrow. Come on, Sweet Eva. 16. Come here. So we have been so blessed as a family to be in the Immeasurably More Conference. Have you guys been blessed? Mm -hmm. What have you been blessed by, Eva? I love the worship here. It's amazing. <laughs> so Eva is our English worship leader back home. So she has just been soaking it in. Uh, and, and I want to tell you something. I, I don't know whether she wants to come back home after. No, no. Huh? They've, they've all been saying that. Can we miss the ferry tonight and just stay here a bit? Uh, but I, if I can just tell you a little secret, even though we've been guest speakers here at the Immeasurably More Conference, I think we have been blessed. I know that I have been ministered to. Uh, I, as I was sitting in the conference the last couple of days, God was just igniting something in me. Uh, and I am reminded of a story of when Jesus said to Peter, he had been fishing all night. He was at his wit's end. He had nothing left. And Jesus said, launch out into the deep, Peter. Throw your nets on the other side. I have something more for you. And he's like, Jesus, I got nothing left. I've tried it all. But when he obeyed Jesus, when he stepped out of that comfort zone, when he listened to the voice of the Lord, that is when the miracle came. And that is when he was filled up and had more to give away. So as we continue to share today and join this conference, you know, maybe you're at your wit's end today. Maybe you feel you're out of your comfort zone and, and you don't want to take that step forward. You don't want to open your heart a little more to Jesus because you just feel like you're lost and you're empty. 17 years ago, God called me out of Canada. I, am, I was born in Alberta, but I'm a BC girl. And he called this shy, little bit obscure, quiet girl out of Langley, BC, I was saved in CLA Church in Langley, and he called me across the world to a land that was not my own, to a language I didn't know, to be in front of people who just stared at me because I was so white. <laughs> but you know what? When you, when you take that step, even though you don't have what you need, God does immeasurably more. 
and he will show you his glory. So as we continue to hear from Pastor Christo today about all those amazing stories of what God has done, be prepared. All I ask you today is that you have that ability and you have that willingness to say, I'm going I'm to step out a bit. I'm going to launch into the deep. I'm going to trust God for something I feel I don't have. So we want to thank you. Uh, coastline, West Shore, because you have believed in a couple that really we had nothing to begin mm. with. And God has blessed us immeasurably. So we want to thank you as a family. Continue to pray for us. Continue to believe in the good work that God is doing. And I pray that you're blessed as you hear about it. Thank you. Awesome. How are you all doing this morning? You know, in the year 2002, I came to Canada for the first time. And when I landed here, I came wearing white and white. Because I got saved when there was a holiness movement going on in India. There was a lot of strict regulations. And that was even including a dress code. So I came, I was thinking, if I go to Canada, everyone I see will be in white and white, like it's going to be in heaven. Uh, so everything I packed, innerwear, outerwear, topwear, bottomwear, socks, it was all white and white. I came and in the customs, they opened my suitcase to check and the glory of the Lord filled the airport. And then I'm, I was going from one church after the other, but not one person looked like me in any church. But, you know, I learned so much is what I'm trying to say. Canada discipled me. I got saved in India, but immediately I came to Canada. I was discipled here. I did my internship in Canadian church called Christian Life Assembly in Langley. Um, you know, I came here for my computer studies. I sat in the classroom for probably 15 days. After that, I quit because the Lord whispered in my ears and he said, I didn't bring you here to train you in computers. I brought you here to give you a holistic global view of what I'm doing around the world so that you can go back and be a blessing. You know, for the colored people, I can say that, right? See, I can say anything and get away with it because I am from India. And I hope you give me that freedom today. Huh? Uh, okay, so, uh, so when I came here, I learned so much and I took it back uh, to our nation. So I want to thank you all for that. Do I have the freedom to speak this morning? Uh, you know, uh, the thing is, I have addressed so many people, so many cultures. I do uh, revival services, deliverance services, and so many other things. But anytime I come to Canada to speak to the Canadians, I feel a little nervous and intimidated. And I, I and I, oh, that's, oh, okay, okay. This is real, right? So, uh, you know, it could be just because I know, to a part, I know Canadian people because my wife is from Canada, right? So I know Canadian people are sensitive. Uh, <laughs> At times when I preach, I'm like, am I stepping on any landmine? Yeah, yeah. But the, something I've noticed about me, you know the Berkman test? It said that I don't do well with rules. 
Anytime there is a lot of rules, I fail. Anytime I have a freedom to do something, I do it so well. Amen? Which means, I love driving in India. None of you will like it. We, we call it the organized chaos. Okay? No rules. Well, there is rules. But it's just people, we try to uh, do whatever we want to do and play it safe. But amazingly, the accidents are less. I was in Edmonton. And the, the, there was just a little snow and we were going to the airport and we were watching a lot of cars in the ditch. I was saying there's so many rules here to be followed and everything is so perfect, but there's so many accidents. Okay, you know what? I have never driven in Canada. I knew, I knew Canada for 17 years now since the time I got married, maybe a little more than 17 years. I get so nervous driving in Canada because there is so many rules to be followed so i think i'm saying to myself this morning there is no rules in this church <laughs> amen amen there is okay now well we have godly rules okay but the next thing i want to share is i love coastline family i have been to so many churches in canada my friends to raise funds to share the story to build partnership uh, but I just want to say, I personally connect with Pastor Andy more, Pastor Lisa more so well. And I personally connect with the Coastline family really well. I want to say this from, the, from a real heart. This is not just, I want to say something nice for my introduction before I step into my preaching. But this is absolutely real. And I'm supposed to finish the service at 11. Am I right? 11.10. Thank you so much. Um, what I observe in Coastline family, as I travel to many places, is the culture. You have an amazing culture. And I want to ask you, please protect it. Guard the culture. I believe the Lord has marked you for a movement. And I can see that. And you need to hear that. I know you may know this. Um, you may have an insight about this. But me coming from India... And also as an individual or a family, travel to many churches in Canada. I want to say, guard the culture that the Lord is building in Coastline family. I see a culture of honor here. I do sense it. I do sense people honoring one another. God's servants holding each other up. I love that. I sensed a, a great hospitality here. I sensed generosity in this culture of a coastline family. And I'm saying God has to build all these cultures before he will entrust revival to you. And you're going in the right direction. And this campus, I, I, I want to say, um, I watched, I have been to this campus before. The, the last time I came here, it was a communion service and you were not allowed to have communion inside the auditorium. So I remember you going out, you had communion and you came in. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, maybe this was a pre-COVID. I think COVID did something good for this campus. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> in the sense, uh, uh, you're, you're, you can have communion inside the auditorium now. Okay, let's put our hands together for Jesus for that. Come on. Come on. 
so I, I observed that. But I want to say a big thank you to, I want to say a big thank you to Pastor uh, um, Adam. Pastor Adam here and his family. I was blessed by the ministry here. And I watched uh, Pastor Shandy serve Jesus even a couple weeks before in the district conference. And I was blessed by it. I actually went home and I shared to my wife, you know, Evangeline is a very, um, sorry about this, she's a very bubbly person, she connects, she uh, has this joy on the stage. And I, and I went to back home and saw my wife and she I found someone like that. This person on stage in the district conference was so joyful, so bubbly. I, 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 it was just, it created a culture for others to worship. Thank you, Pastor, for doing that. You know, there's people actually uh, who got saved in church. Hey, I'm just flowing here. Is that okay? You know, Jesus said, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Not out of my notes, out of my heart. So whatever I speak here is something I believe the Lord wants you to hear. And I don't have to follow my notes because this is a church where there is no... Okay, that helps me preach better. You get it now? That's not for you. You better follow the rules, but that's for me. Okay, to preach better. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, I love that worship culture that you, you have... Uh, created in this place and and I went back and I shared and I was blessed by the ministry and so many people that I have listened in their journey of how they found Jesus some of them found Jesus because they listened to God's word being preached in the church others found Jesus because they received a healing or, or, or they felt the power of God in their bodies Jesus is still moving Jesus is still healing you know um, and then to be very honest, many people have told me that they found Jesus just watching somebody else worship Him. I'm not only talking about the worship with hands lifted eye and then, you know, bowing down and all those things. Yes, that includes, but just worship is more than that. People who have watched others live a life of worship. Amen? Live a life of just... Uh, um, Monday till Saturday, glorify Him. And they come to church and they also look at this. I was someone who were touched by that. I watched somebody worship God. Two young girls in the very first crusade that I went in the beach. And uh, I just went there because somebody invited me for one whole year to come and attend a seven-day uh, healing revival service. Have you invited everyone? Anyone? For one entire year, somebody did that to me. You're thinking I invited someone to church one time and they never came. And I don't want to go back and invite them. You know, some cultures, like I believe this is a Filipino culture where I heard that before they actually take your invitation serious, you have to invite them six times. Six times. They invited me. Do you think when they invited me to that healing revival service that they even thought that I would get saved, I would go to Canada, 
I would be discipled and I would be sent back to India as a native missionary and I would become a church planter in my mother's living room. That's the Indian way to do it. You go to your parents' living room to do something and, and that church will, from three, it will become five and 15 and 50 and then 150 and 500 and 700 and multiple campus and I believing God for a movement for me to pastor in India. Do you think they thought that when they invited me for the crusade? Do you think they had a prophetic revelation about it? No, they did not have nothing. They did not have nothing. But they still invited me. I want to encourage you this morning. Invite someone. Bring someone because you never know what God will do through that person in the coming days. Amen? Amen? So let's get into God's word. Some of you are thinking, what on earth did you do till now? That was just my introduction. But, we, uh, okay. Um, so I want to thank you all for the culture, for what you're doing. I also want to invite you to India. Pastors, leaders, come to India. You know, now the India and Canada relationship is going through something. You know that, right? But everything is going to be fine in just a matter of a, a month or two and the doors will be open. You all can come. I have a word in my heart for you this season. I know the theme is immeasurably more. But you see, in order for us to step into the, uh, the, the more God has for us, Jesus wants to teach us stewardship. Kingdom stewardship. There's so many parables that Jesus taught us where about kingdom stewardship. You know, we think, how can I have more? How can I more have more? Jesus is saying, if you stay faithful in the little that I have entrusted to you in due time, I will give much more. He gave so many parables about that. But one very familiar parable is, is, is the five and the two and the one talents he gave to different servants. And he went far away journey. And when he returned back, he, he asked them, are you with me? Yeah. Can I get an S and amen? Okay, 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 good, good. I just need to know because I cannot see everyone's face here, okay? So when he came back, he asked them, what did you do with my five, two and one? We know the story. In the end, the one that was faithful with what was entrusted to him at that moment received immeasurably more. The Lord is saying to the people here, this campus, wherever you are seated, that he has given you time, treasure and talent. He has given that to you. And he's asking you, if you would steward that, if you have a mindset of kingdom stewardship, I will expand you. I will give you more time. I will give you more talent. And I will give you more treasures. In the gospel of John chapter 10, Jesus uh, spoke about what it is mean to be a kingdom steward. Can I get an amen? How many of you like uh, Indian food? Mm. Wow. Next time I come, I'm going to bring some Indian chef, okay? You, okay, you know, um, you can never go to an Indian restaurant and ex expect them to have, I don't know, a turkey dinner or a beef dip. You go to an Indian restaurant to eat Indian food. 
you know when they look at people like you they will ask you this would you like it mild medium or extremely hot they will ask you these three, three things and because uh, they would never ask me that but they will ask you they want to know they want to know you know how spicy you can handle things okay now me a indian chef standing in front of you sharing a food from india kingdom food but also with the indian spice would you like it mild medium or extremely hot okay oh no 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 i can't serve you that i want you to come back to my restaurant <laughs> so you you don't know what you're asking i serve food extremely hot back in india but i'm going to keep it so mild so mild okay jesus in gospel of john chapter 10 verse 11 onwards these are the very words of jesus the entire bible is precious but when it comes to the words that came out of the mouth of jesus it carries double measure of great deal he said here i am the good shepherd the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep that's verse 11 he goes further and he said this but a hireling a hireling he who is not the shepherd one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and he flees the wolf catches the sheep and it scatters them he says the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep and then he says it again i am the good shepherd and i know my sheep and i'm known by my own as the father knows me even so i know the father i lay down my life for the sheep the other sheep i love that he said the other sheep the people in the community the the, the local community he is talking about the global community he's talking about africa and india and asia and everywhere outside the jewish community there but we know what that means to us he's saying other sheep i have which are not of this fold jesus is saying there is so many more people out there that i want to come said them also i must bring kingdom stewardship and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd unity kingdom stewardship he he packaged this and he said i am the good shepherd you know in the book of john jesus uh, had seven i am statements i want you to search and find it it will be beneficial for you in your prayer life when you don't know how to pray how to uh, how to pray every day in the morning choose the seven i am statement and then meditate on it and pray accordingly are you with me okay and here he said i am the good shepherd see that is the promise of god for you this season my friends this is a rhema word for you he's looking at you and he's saying i will be a good shepherd for you i want to say coastline family god has given you amazing shepherds leaders to to come around you to usher you into the blessings of god that's why god has this model this heavenly system called shepherd and sheep i love this jesus you know everyone called jesus prophet 
They called him teacher, rabbi. They called him so many other things. But Jesus called himself as shepherd in the fivefold. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He's, he's all of it. But when he introduced himself, he never used the word, I am a prophet. He never used the word, I am a teacher. He said, I am a good shepherd. You know, a good shepherd, you know what a good shepherd will do? First thing, he says here, a good shepherd will give his life. He will lay down his life for you. He will go to the very end and beyond to bring you back. And the Lord is saying, I have given my life for you. Steward it. You know, it's so powerful. The blood of Jesus is so powerful. But the blood of Jesus will not bring any benefit to any community, any individual, if the church of Jesus Christ doesn't steward the gospel message well. That's kingdom stewardship. That's kingdom stewardship. You know what a shepherd will do? He not only gave his life uh, for you, but he's saying, uh, right here he said in, in verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and they may have life, have it more abundantly. He's saying, I, I want to supply you with life. You know, you, you, I know you. some of you are saying, I'm saved, I have received Jesus, I know it. But today, God is saying, there is some fresh new life that God wants to breathe into you. Are you living with the revelation from yesterday? From the oil, from the anointing, from the pastor's season? Are you living with great memories of God doing amazing things in your life uh, 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 a year before or something? And, and some of you, I just know that the Holy Spirit is, is showing to me that you have come to a point in your life where you're th thinking, I'll just live this routine Christian life because this is the best thing I have, I have right now. I, I don't see anything more. I don't see life in my marriage, life in my teenagers. I don't have hope. I don't have this and that. My business is going to die. You know, that's a life from the enemy and Jesus is in the house this morning. He is saying, I did not only lay my life for you, I have abundant life for you. <laughs> saying, steward it. Receive it. Ask for it. It is there in the table for you. You know what a great shepherd, a good shepherd would do? Jesus is a steward of the shepherding office that God the Father gave to him. And, and he showed that by speaking. He spoke. The, you know, Jesus showed his love uh, through many means, through healing, through delivering people. But one thing he often did was he spoke. He spoke with uh, simple parables. He, he spoke with authority. He kept speaking. There was one time Jesus spoke for three days. I don't know how many of us will survive that. Paul spoke and somebody fell from the, from the window and died. Can you imagine pastoring after that, that church? That you spoke a sermon and somebody fell down and died. But he... With the power of God brought him back to life anyway. So, but the thing is, Jesus showed himself. You know, God is speaking. He's saying, I'm a good shepherd and I will speak to you. 
And Jesus spoke for three days and people sat there absolutely listening. They were so thirsty. They were listening. And end of the day, Jesus said to his disciples, give them something to eat. He exactly knew what he's going to do. He exactly knew what he's going to do. He knows what, he, what you want, how he's going to offer you that. He exactly knows. You're thinking God doesn't care. God doesn't know. You know, he has put me in this situation. No, don't believe in that lie. There is life. He has laid it down for you. And he's speaking to you. You know, I, I, I feel this. Uh, many, many Christians, you know, they often, uh, they don't choose to be comforted. You have to make a choice to say, I will receive this word. I will receive this comfort Jesus has for me. I will receive this direction he has for me. But a good shepherd doesn't force us, but he will stand there and he will continually speak to you. You're thinking there is no voices for me right now. I could not hear nothing. I would encourage you. Know this. He's a good shepherd and he's speaking to you. You know what a good shepherd does? He will guide you. He will care for you, which means he will feed you, nourish you, and then he will protect you. These are all the promises God is giving you this morning. And he's saying to you, I am a good shepherd and I have life. Is there anyone in the house? I believe, I know some of you thinking, I, I, I just want to end my life. I, I, I didn't sign up for this. There is no life in it. There is, this is just being hell after hell. But this morning, I believe without a doubt, as you walk out of this campus, you will see the life of God just being so abundantly manifested in your life. What is shepherd expecting from the sheep? He's saying, I'm a good shepherd. I have steward what God has given to me. Um, but he's asking, you know, only three things. If you read the entire chapter 10, uh, what is Jesus, the good shepherd, ex expecting from a sheep? He said this, know me. He said that. He said in verse 14, I have known the Father. I know my sheep and I'm expecting my sheep to know me. And my friends just coming to church once a week will is not enough for us to know him. Know him every day. Know him when you're driving to your workplace or school or college. Uh, know him coming back. Know him. And then the second thing he expected from the sheep is, my sheep will hear my voice. Hear my voice. He is speaking to you. Hear it. And the third thing he said is, my sheep will follow me. How simple it is. Know me. Hear me. And follow me. That's a word for you. You feel confused. You feel like I don't know what to do right now. Wherever you are. You feel like you are in a crossroad. The, the word for you that the good shepherd is giving you. That will carry you for the next season is so simple. He's saying to you. Don't worry about anything. Know me. Hear me. And follow me. A three step. How easy is that? He will give you the grace. But you see, that's, that's how God wants you to position yourself the next season. But here, before we go into the kingdom stewardship, we need to, we need to have um, this thought that we need to deal with the hireling mindset. Somebody out loud say that word to me, hireling mindset, hireling mindset. Did you notice in that word where he said, a hireling is not a shepherd because he does not own he does not care and he flees. These are the three things he said. A hireling does not own. 
the work of God. A hireling does not own uh, that kingdom global great commission. Hireling does not own that it is my responsibility to share gospel to my neighbors. A hireling does not care about the sheep, about the lost sheep. A hireling flees when the enemy comes. Whatever form. Some of you are put in responsibilities by the Lord and you're saying, I'm going to be out of it. I'm going to be out of this uh, family, out of this position, out of whatever it may be. But you know, God has put you in it and the wolf is coming. You are not the hireling. You are a good shepherd. And you're looking at me and saying, this is a message for me or for Pastor Andy or other campus leaders. No, this is a message for each and every believer in Christ Jesus, you need to know you are his child and your father is a good shepherd, which means you become a baby shepherd. Amen? Amen? And here, let me give you a scripture from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He said, you are a chosen generation. Can you say that out loud after me? I am a chosen generation here he says you are a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who are, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light he's saying each and every one of you are a royal priesthood you are the priest of your family you are the priest of this community you are the priest of this nation Wherever God has placed you, you are a priest, a shepherd in that place. Jesus is the high priest and we are the royal priest. Are you convinced that you are called to be a shepherd? Maybe I'm even, uh, the word is coming to some uh, families here that God is really calling you to submit your life to shepherd the flock of Christ. You, you feel a fire when I'm saying that. You feel like, you feel a burden. I want to be that shepherd. You feel that. And, and that call is after you, like it was after our family. And, and you know what? There is challenges. There is people that's not going to understand, that's going to not cooperate, do all of those things. But the call uh, for you to shepherd is from God. Do you realize that each and every one of you are called to be a shepherd? Oh, no, I don't think so you do. So I'm going to extend my time because I'm not leaving until I convince people. If you get convinced faster, I finish faster. In the book of Luke chapter 15, there is a parable. And you know, uh, one of this parable where, uh, where uh, the shepherd left the 99 and he went after the one. But listen, there's much more deeper in that chapter because there's three parables and these three parables have a common ground have a common ground and that is this in these three parables the first one he said a shepherd would leave the 99 and go after the one kingdom stewardship and I feel even though it sounds like a church, that is an evangelism. Go after the one that's out there. Go after the one, wherever they are, whatever nation there may be. And then the second part he said is this. This is for us all who was thinking, we are not shepherds, you know. We just come to church and, and we do some responsibilities and we go. Here he said, the next parable is a woman who had 10 coins. That doesn't sound like a, a full-time pastor. That sounds like a, a, a person, an individual in the church who understands kingdom stewardship and is saying to themselves, I may not be called for 99 uh, and 100, but, but I'm called for the 10 that I have to steward in my campus. 
So the Bible said this, if she lost one silver coin, would she not go and sweep through the house until she find that one? And then she would call the neighbors and rejoice with her friends saying, I found my one lost coin. That's 10, discipleship. You know, after that comes the, uh, the lost son. That is mentorship. That is creating sons and daughters in the ministry where we, we equip them and we release them into leadership positions where they will go and, and multiply the kingdom of God. That's kingdom stewardship. And you know, this morning, I, I don't have to finish my sermon, but this is a rhema word for you that God is calling you to come into a kingdom stewardship mindset. You know what a stewardship means? It means giving an account. Of everything the Lord has trusted you with. Your time, your treasure, your talent. I just want to finish with this story. I have had that journey. You know, God gave me a church with three people. We stewarded it. We cannot take credit for it. But in the year 2007, it was challenging. We didn't have resources. We didn't have nothing. We got married. We landed in, in the mission field. We had three people to pastor, five people to pastor. And then slowly the church grew from there to 50 and then 150 and 300 and 500 and more. And we have multiple campuses now. I thank the Lord that he gave us the grace to stand there during all discouraging moments and to, to, and to have a heart to steward what he gave us something small I want to show a picture of uh, this boy Sarah started a kids ministry in India under a blue tarp and she stewarded that kids ministry and and once there was this uh, uh, boy who was 12 year old born with blindness came to the kids camp he was born with blindness can I have the worship team come forward please he was born with blindness and when he was a toddler his dad left him. His dad said, uh, I cannot deal with you. I cannot deal with your mom. I am leaving. He grew up in the slum. When he was 12 years old, when he was going from grade 6 to 7, he came to the church. The bus ministry brought him in. And he uh, attended kids' church every week and the camp. And the, on the last day, sixth day, he recited all five scriptures uh, uh, without, um, he memorized it and recited it without a flaw. And we absolutely loved it. He went back home. The next news we hear is he died. 12-year-old Bharat died. And we are like, Lord, wh what happened to Bharat? We wanted an investigation. And long story short, investigation happened. It was found out Bharat's death was not a natural death. Somebody murdered him. You know what? It was nobody else than Bharat's own mother. She suffocated him because she... We don't know what was she going through. What the hell was she going through inside her? The depression, the anxiety, the worries and everything. That she could not care for him. She had an affair. And, and then, and then the, she, she was taken into custody. And she came out in bail. And, and she could not deal with the shame in that community. She hanged herself and killed herself. You see what the enemy does? When the wolves come, the wolves will destroy the sheep. But a good shepherd with a kingdom stewardship mindset, which is each and every one of us, will catch people like Bharat with spiritual blindness who are out there in our community before the wolf catches them. 
But when the enemy catches, he will steal, kill and destroy. Uh, and this is a word for you. Some of you, you're waiting. The Lord is saying, go and catch them now. Pray. I will help you. I will be there. Just hear, know me, hear my voice and follow me. And you will catch them before the wolf catches them. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this amazing campus. I thank you for the campus leaders here and what you're doing in this house, Lord. I pray, God, that, that so many people assembled here in this, in this facility would they feel that they are called to be stewards in God's kingdom. None of us are hireling, oh Lord. We come here with a stewardship mindset where we feel I own the kingdom work of God and I'm going to care for the sheep, the lost sheep around me and I will snatch them before the enemy snatches them. Father, many of them, they feel that fire right now this morning. Just close your eyes for a moment as we, as we just conclude this. I just want few seconds where the, I feel the Holy Spirit will just spark that in your heart. There's people that need that word this morning. You needed that. There is someone to care for you, guide you, shepherd you, nourish you. There's a good shepherd for you. Your life is not done yet. It's not done yet. And somebody needed a word this morning saying, I have someone in my family. I feel the wolf is going to catch them. And God is saying, you will get them in my power before anybody catches them. All he's saying is yield to be a kingdom steward. And by doing that, you will have immeasurably more of something. There's more coming. Steward what you have. There's more coming. Don't flee. Steward what you have. Don't, don't, don't take it personal. Don't let go. Stand there. The Lord is going to do something. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.